In the ever-expanding world of technology, there is one thing that keeps being brought up time and time again, and that is artificial intelligence. AI is a non-stop force that will only continue to progress as technology evolves and adapts, as we can see with things such as Siri and Amazon Alexa. With this efficient development, however, comes a question of responsible AI. How we as a society can advance AI to solve real-world problems while also factoring in fairness. Today, I sat down with UCSB professor William Wong, who recently held a webinar titled What is Responsible AI? to discuss his thoughts on the technology. The webinar was also centered around the science fiction book Exhalation by Ted Chiang, which was UCSB Reads 2022 selection. Professor Wong, hello. Thank you so much for joining us here at KCSB. To start, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is William Wong. I'm an associate professor in computer science at UCSB. My area is natural language processing, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. So I'm very happy to be on the show. Thank you. And to start us off, what is responsible AI? Yes. So responsible AI is a new field uh, within artificial intelligence that we focus more than just accuracy. We really care about the impact of AI on societal issues and also how the uh, societal values actually uh, changes the design of AI technology and uh, solutions. So for example, we're very interested um, in areas uh, such as uh, energy efficient uh, machine learning. And um, I think uh, it's also our responsibility to build uh, energy efficient machine learning systems. Um, but in addition to energy efficiency, we also really care about, for example, fairness. How are we able to build fair uh, AI systems uh, that make decisions that um, you know disregard of the sensitive attributes and sensitive variables and make sure that AI system we don't learn from the past uh, that creates the bias um, in future predictions. So in general, uh, responsible AI is really a broad area that we're thinking uh, beyond just computer science and artificial intelligence in general, but to really think about the interdisciplinary area of AI and communication and linguistics and, com and also other areas such as uh, sociology, uh, psychology. So uh, it's very interdisciplinary, but the goal is really to um, you know, think about how are we able to put uh, the human-centered AI um, as the first priority of the future uh, of the design of AI systems. I know that your webinar was centered around Ted Chiang's book of short stories, Exhalation, which is the UCSB Read 2022 selection. In what ways did this book of short stories resonate with you? I understand that it's fiction, but is there something about it that can relate to the real world of AI? Or, in what ways is artificial intelligence being used in daily life in the U.S.? And could you give some examples? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, um, I think the book is definitely very inspiring. Like you said, it is a sci-fi book. But um, uh, in many cases, I think it really resembles the reality, right, that we're building AI and developing AI systems. So, one question we always ask ourselves is that what is the relationship between AI and society? And is AI changing the society or is society actually changing the development of AI? So the uh, robotic uh, nanny, robot nanny example uh, in that book was a really good one because uh, certainly me having a two-year-old at home, I also definitely feel like uh, there are a lot of tedious uh, work. It's possible to have robots to take care of, for example, um, you know, housework. Uh, but um, in, in general, I think, um, you know, we want... AI to help us, um, but we also want to make sure that uh, we understand the limitations of the AI systems, and we want to make sure that when we build the next generation of AI systems, 
we put the human values right um, in the center of these um, AI systems. We want to make sure that uh, the AI system really reflects um, our values and make sure that uh, when we consider um, you know AI as a part of the society, let's say AI is indeed you know actually contributing to some um, part of the uh, economy right now. So uh, how do we actually see uh, the relationship between human and AI? Um, I think this is something that typically the scientific research commu community ignore. Um, but uh, the more we are dealing with um, AI, um, the more we really need to think about the relationship right between human and AI. So that's why I mentioned that uh, human-centered AI design is actually super important that uh, we have to make sure that this machine is actually serves human um, and um, it does actually um, provide, uh, you know, uh, useful tools uh, for humans to improve uh, their quality of life. So that book is certainly, um, you know, a very interesting read and already gave the book to all of my students in my class. And I strongly encourage you, you have, if you haven't read the book, it's an installation by Ted Chung as part of the UCSB Read 2022. Um, and uh, it's not a, you know, um, you know, hardcore technical reading It's really, um, I think, uh, a collection of short stories uh, that, you know, make us think about the future of um, our lives and the future of our society and together uh, with our relationship with robots and AI systems. So, and I strongly recommend that book. Have there ever been shortcomings in the progression of AI or has the increase in efficiency always been linear? Has there been a point in your career in which you've gotten stuck on a specific AI problem? Um, certainly, yeah. I think uh, the if you look at the history of AI, it certainly um, it is not always being this kind of linear growth. Um, I would say that AI was actually proposed uh, more than uh, half a century ago, right? So in the 60s, there is StarFalls uh, conference uh, organized by uh, Malinsky, um Joe McCarthy, and a bunch of AI pioneers. At that time, they didn't really know much about AI, right? So at some point, they would think that, you know, maybe computer vision is just a summer project, right? Uh, that uh, and in turn can solve uh, within a very short amount of time. But the reality is that AI uh, has been there in the last 50 years, and many of the problems that was proposed in the early days are still uh, becoming, uh, you know, difficult research topics even 50 years later. And in the 80s, there are a lot of people focusing on things like, you know, knowledge-based systems, right? Can we actually write a million rules uh, to actually capture uh, the world? Uh, turns out that was really difficult. Um, and also at that time, we don't have enough, you know, computational power and we don't have very good computer architectures and hardware, which make it really difficult, right, for things like deep learning and neural network to work um, in that, um, you know, 80s and 90s uh, timeframe. And uh, that, I think, was uh, uh, really difficult. Um, and that leads to the AI winter. There's a huge cut uh, in AI research funding um, in the 80s and 90s. So that was a very tough time. Um, after the uh, 2000, I would say there are a lot of emphasis on, for example, the statistical side of machine learning. And machine learning started to take over, uh, not just AI, but also natural language processing, um, you know, computer vision, all this you know, sub-communities. And of course, within the last 10 years, we observed an amazing breakthrough of technology uh, in the form of deep learning, of designing this very deep multiple layers of neural networks 
uh, that does really well, and the performance got really good uh, in many, um, you know, um, applications and problems. For example, machine translation, uh, things like uh, natural language understanding, reading comprehension, object recognition, uh, speech recognition. So um, I think that's definitely very promising. Um, but again, um, you know, right now we need to think about what's missing um, and uh, how do we deal with, um, you know, the uh, remaining uh, difficult. Uh, issues in AI. So certainly, I don't think we solve all of the issues uh, with AI, and I think we're actually just, uh, you know, uh, in the beginning, right, of solving uh, big and challenging uh, issues uh, in AI. During your webinar, one thing I was really intrigued by was your discussion of bias in AI. Why do you think certain AI programs have encoded bias, such as Wikipedia or image captioning? Is it a problem with the computer programmer or with the program itself? Yeah, that's a really excellent question, right? So where do the bias come from? So um, I think in, there are multiple aspects. Um, one thing is certainly, like I mentioned in the talk, is the data, right? So the data itself could be biased. For example, uh, people who are producing these Wikipedia articles um, and also, um, you know, uh, in general, the uh, society, human society are uh, highly uh, biased. And there are a lot of... Um, um, you know, uh, stereotypes and opinions actually get encoded um, in our data. So that, I think, has been a big issue. And uh, what happened is that if we build AI systems to train on, the, uh, to train on such data, um, and then the model itself, right, may actually amplify um, the bias. So uh, that's why I mentioned um, it is also important to um, you know, educate developers and AI scientists to really think about how do we design, uh, you know, mat uh, matrices and, for example, uh, measures that really capture not just accuracy, but also really important issues um, in, um, you know, uh, other um, key aspects uh, in this area. Heading into the end here, what work has UCSB done to advance the research surrounding AI? And what do you think is the most influential thing our computer science program has done for artificial intelligence? Uh, thank you. So certainly over the years, we started out, um, you know, uh, working on various of different things uh, in this area. So one particular project I worked with uh, my uh, students in the past was to understand hate speech uh, on the uh, uh, social media and also uh, in uh, the data collections we have. Um, and uh, we've been looking at, for example, how do we build machine learning algorithms to detect uh, hate speech? and to really improve, right, uh, the uh, online and, uh, you know, uh, communities to make, it, make them healthy. Um, so we've been looking at detection problems. We've been looking at also interventions. How would you be able to design algorithms to um, intervene, uh, to intervene this, uh, you know, challenging uh, issues uh, that we are facing? So um, that, I think, has been very influential over the years that we, I think, certainly help us to understand the conversation online and um, uh, improve uh, the, the health of online discourse. So that's one thing. And we also started to uh, work on other areas, uh, other areas, for example, the factual correctness of news articles and how are we able to, um, you know, able to build systems to understand fake news and misinformation and can we build uh, AI systems to do fact-checking. Um, all of them are really important because, uh, again, um, you know, we want to protect journalism and we want to, uh, you know, use AI as a tool uh, to help people um, understand 
um, you know, their uh, online environment. So uh, that has been done uh, in the last few years as well. In addition to hate speech and fake news detection, um, we also started to work on some foundation issues um, in uh, responsible AI, for example, transparency, right? So when we talk about transparency of AI systems, what does that mean, right? So how do you define transparency? Uh, itself, I think is really difficult problem. And uh, we spend a lot of, um, you know, time, uh, you know, in our brainstorming sessions with our PhD students uh, to really think about, um, you know, how do we put uh, transparent AI in the context, right, of uh, you know, um, uh, responsible AI and really to think about, uh, for example, things like reproducing uh, the system to think about, you know, whether the, uh, you know, the descriptions that we've written for AI systems capture, right, that, uh, you know, not the information that we would like to convey uh, in the system description. So uh, we've been uh, working in the area of disclosive uh, transparency uh, for the last year or two and certainly um, I think transparent AI is a, a very intriguing uh, direction to go forward. But uh, the three examples I gave just a part of our research program on the campus, there are a lot more people uh, looking at AI and also looking at biasing AI from different angles. Um, but um, I would say that this is certainly an interdisciplinary research area that a lot of, you know, um, UCSB professors, uh, students are very interested, uh, but this you know, we have to create synergy to be able to understand uh, some of the uh, theoretical foundations as well as the practical solutions uh, to these uh, responsible AI problems. Do you feel that it's important for people, even those who are not in the STEM studies, to learn about AI? Is there a personal reason you decided to share this book with the campus community? Yes. Uh, so I heard about the, uh, you know, webinar a while back. I think it's a very interdisciplinary uh, event uh, that um, certainly brings together a lot of interest from the campus. And I thank uh, the library for giving me this opportunity to share some of our uh, thoughts and also ideas and ongoing work um, in this direction. So I personally believe that we do need this, uh, you know, forums and platforms to actually uh, get more interdisciplinary uh, discussions among faculty and students uh, on this campus because a lot of the issues, right, I mentioned, for example, responsible AI um, in the area of energy efficiency. So a lot of the schools, I think, are certainly very relevant. So not just computer science, but also, um, you know, grand school um, and, um, you know, people studying uh, ecology and biology. So a lot of these key issues, I think, are uh, interdisciplinary uh, in nature. So um, I do believe we need more conversations and we need more collaborations among uh, researchers from uh, multiple departments to really uh, tackle the challenging issues for responsible AI. Because um, I'll give you another example, right? So think about self-driving cars. Um, certainly there are these technical considerations, um, you know, arising mostly from the computer science part. Can you build reliable computer vision systems? Can you build reliable self-driving cars? Um, but also, I think the problem is more than that, right? So if you think about the legal and policy, let's say insurance, um, many of these issues is not just, um, you know, solvable if we're focusing on one single uh, discipline. So for responsible AI, this has to be a collaboration uh, between researchers from different areas uh, to really uh, tackle this issue. 
Great. And my last question is, if there could be one takeaway from your webinar, what would it be? Thank you. I think the takeaway is that we have to put human first. And the goal uh, and the future uh, is to really build uh, human-centered machine learning and human-centered artificial intelligence. And um, I think that's really important because um, uh, going forward, uh, there will be more intersections uh, between computer science and all of the disciplines on campus and in our society. And uh, this really requires us to understand, um, you know, more than just technology. So um, I personally believe that uh, human has to go first uh, when we're designing the next generation of um, machine learning and AI algorithms. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on KCSB News.